If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet PlushCare, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This week's This Life with Dr. Bob Forrest is courtesy of Bergamet Sport, an all-natural athletic performance-enhancing and muscle recovery supplement with the usual multiple cardiovascular benefits associated with the polyphenols in the Bergamet products. Hey, this is Dr. Drew, and you are listening to This Life with Bob Forrest and Dr. Drew. Here we are. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, gather around the laptop or the iPad or the iPhone and get ready for another episode of This Life with Dr. Drew and Bob Forrest. And to be fair, I think I think you heard my voice popping in just before you gave our uh, our, our usual intro, <laughs> yeah. and uh, it's because Stephen Adler and I were chatting it up, and I said, I was what I was trying to say was, remember when Stephen's mom complained about Steve chatting too chatty? Well, we're going to have Stephen Adler in here in just a second. Yep. Uh, he'll have plenty of chance to talk it up, so that will be in just a minute. I want to remind, we're also going to have our friend Tom Billieu. Is that how you spell it? Billieu, yeah. Billieu. Uh, he is, I, I'm going to have you describe yourself, but he is Quest Nutrition, essentially, a Fortune 500 company. Before I mention that, I want to uh, remind people again about Bergamet, Bergamet Plus, Bergamet Sport, and we have a new sponsor, Hydrolite, which is something I'm very excited about, something that I used personally and then sought them out because I thought it was such a great product. So there you go. Tom Bilou is co-founder in 2014 uh, of 2014 Inc. What's the meaning of the 2014 Inc.? So we were named one of the um, 500 fastest growing companies. We actually came in second. Um, wow. Horrified that we didn't get first, but that's good. It left a chip on my shoulder to, to do a little better next time. It speaks volumes about Tom. It's <laughs> <laughs> a Steph Curry chip. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, Tom is a speaker, is an entrepreneur, he's a change maker. He obviously, I, I think most people know your nutrition bars now, the Quest Nutrition Bar. Yeah, it's crazy. Like they, they really are all over the place. We're in like 91 countries. Um, it's crazy. It's like, like 70,000 points of distribution. I mean, it's nuts. How, how did you do it? It really was making a great product. So let's start with that. So it was the first bar that tasted like it had sugar but didn't. And then understanding social media before other people did. So we built the company purely on social. It was all about building community, celebrating transformation, doing what we called mirror marketing, where we were showing the customer themselves and celebrating what they were accomplishing. Well, interesting that you would use the <clears throat> excuse me the mirror analogy because that's something Stephen Adler wanted to talk to us about. We're sort of talking about motivation today, generally. Stephen, are you there? Of course. Hey, buddy. Hi, <laughs> guys. How are you? Uh, we're great. Good to hear you again, good, and good to hear the enthusiasm in your voice and the health. Uh, I read the four agreements and, and the mirror analogy. Oh, good. Yeah, and the mirror analogy came up prominently there in terms of showing other people and yourself in the mirror, right? Yes, of course. And, and, and it's not just for addicts. It's no. for everybody. Yeah. And, you know, to change their lives. It, it really helped Stephen a lot. I know. And, and I, I read it. It's, it's, a, it's a, you know, all these philosophies overlap. They're all very, very well, similar. Well, some, I just have a, a dividing line. There's some that are, that are like abundance-oriented. You're going to get all that you want. Right. Right? I just discount That's like, those. That's like the, the secret. But the thing... Everything's yeah, coming your yeah, way just by thinking it. Because you're American. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But then no, there's no. the repeated... No, it's about becoming the person you were yeah, but but understand... you got, you know, screwed up and, and, and got beaten up by life and what life has and the streets can offer is to bring you back to that wonderful, sweet child yeah. that, that was carefree and, and, and outgoing. That's you cool. Know, Drew I and drugs, I... But, I didn't go but, anywhere except for to the dealers. We, Drew and I call <laughs> it... I go places. Stephen, Drew and I call it entering the frame, yeah. letting somebody know you. It's, a thera- it's also known as a therapeutic 
relationship yes. between therapist and, and client. It's also teacher and guru. Yeah, sure. Right? Yeah, so that's it a exists oh, yeah, in all, oh, yeah. everybody's just got to find which version they like. That's what I've always closeness yeah. with their but version that, of human the closeness. Thing I like about the, four, the thing I like about the four agreements is, and you read it, doctor. If I'm wrong and mistaken, tell me. Was it not so easy to read and understand? Yes, yes, and that, that's what. As there I was, was and, re- I mean, yeah. and and you get when you go into a rehab and you're detoxing and and your mind is not reasonable whatsoever. You basically got basically however long you were doing drugs, you were in the in the ring with Mike Tyson. He's just punching you in the head, so your <laughs> brain isn't ready. You go into a rehab. What's the first thing they do? They give you a mild sedative, and then they give you this giant big blue book, and then they give you a pad of paper and a pen, and they want you to start writing your life down. And the last thing you want to do when you're in that state of mind, unreasonable wow, state of mind, clarity. is fucking read a giant book that's so difficult to read or do any writing. My idea to, to help people, because I want to help people, because I know the pain and suffering that we can do to ourselves. Yep. Wow. And what this I, is Stephen Adler know, on the phone. I know, phone? I know, I know it's a 180, <laughs> a 180 retreat. The thing is, when you say the word rehab, that's a bad word now. You yeah. say, oh, I, oh my, my, I'm going into rehab. People think, oh, he's fucked up. He's got problems. He's, he's done. And then you go into the rehab. And like I said, they give you these books. They give you no sanitive. Or, or, or anything for it to relieve the pain that you go through. And Bob, if I'm not mistaken, you tell me if I'm wrong. When you're detoxing, you could feel the inside of your bones ache. <laughs> yeah. Am I wrong? We had like. we had an old old client. Pat said he his eyelashes hurt. <laughs> that was rough. my favorite line about opioid yeah, withdrawal. My, my, my eyelashes hurt. That's right. So let's talk about the That's health the and wellness. Well, hold on, to it, though, Stephen, because your thing is. Is in the philosophical, spiritual, health and wellness thing. And what I'm finding is where you come from, all those people are seeking the same thing. Your point is how? Self, self-honesty, yeah. right? The health and wellness Everybody kind of that, space. That is, every, everything that I was doing to myself and living my life, I needed to start doing the opposite. Because so, what but I, I was doing obviously was not working. And it is not easy to change because your your mind is so you know uh, it's in a pre- brainwashed on how you you know you've been feeling for all these years. Your mind and is in a time, default. And the only setting. way to change is you have to make an effort. But first, you have to heal the mind. And, and the what, mind what, needs to heal. It takes Thomas time question. to heal. Hold on, Stephen. Well, I was just going to say it's really interesting to hear. I mean, this is the realm that I live in as an entrepreneur, right? So how far, how many skills can I acquire, develop my mind, use neuroplasticity to get better, to improve? It's really fascinating to hear that this is the exact same struggle no matter where you're at on the spectrum. It really that is. That you're going through the same thing. Yes. The excitement that I can hear in Stephen's voice over the ability to change and understanding that it all starts with the mind. And that was why, so when we founded Quest, I always knew that there was a second part to the equation of wellness. So Quest addresses the body, but the new company that I'm doing, which is called Impact Theory, it's all about the mind. Tell and us it's about a, that. So maybe Impact Stephen, Theory. Maybe you're 180 and Impact Theory can get I, together here. Hold on. Yeah. So um, yeah. Impact Theory was me looking at the, the flip side of the wellness coin and saying, okay, what's the, the no BS truth of how you really impact mindset, what I'll call generational poverty? So I've worked in the inner cities a lot, and I know what poverty looks like from a financial standpoint, but that's not really what, what I mean when I say generational poverty. I'm talking about the mindset that's handed down when people have never been able to transcend their circumstance, because you could have a monk who knows exactly what he's doing. He has no interest in worldly possessions and, and money that doesn't mean anything, but He's not lost. But you get people that get trapped in the inner cities because the mindset that they're given is one of you can't do whatever you set your mind mm-hmm. to, right? And you listen to Stephen talk and he realizes, okay, wait a second, doesn't matter where I've been, only matters where I'm going and the price I'm willing to pay to get there. And so now he's rebuilding right. his life starting with his mind. So getting- yeah, well, it, it does. It, 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 you are, as a person, a single, single, each individual is who they grew up with. If you grew up with good parents, then you're usually going to be a good person. If you grew up with parents who would gossip and talk bad and, and be impeccable with their word with you. Oh, that sounds like a little, guilty, you're going against the four agreements. <laughs> and then when you have children, you're going to treat those children the same 
That's well, all there you know. Definitely so is. you go to these poverty places, they're told and they're seeing their whole lives, well, you're never going to amount to nothing. You know, you're going to have to sell drugs. Or, you know, they're hanging around with the wrong people. If I hang around drug addicts and losers, I'm going to be a drug addict and loser. So if I hang but hold on people one second. Life, people do get out. But people do get out. You got out. I always think of Will I Am and people that got out of the inner city. And I ask them how mm. art, thought, thinking. Dr. How, Dre, how Dr. Dre, and music in Compton. In Compton. Wait, wait. So, Stephen so, just said he'd had enough. Yeah, I know. But so those people get out, but they still go through the disillusionment. How do I find self? How do I find value? Yeah. So the right? inner cities to me are well. That's. That's where the four agreements come in. It, any person who can read a Sesame Street book can read the four agreements and, and, and understand. This is, he is a and, and I never thought I never thought I would say this. That if I have if something you know bothers me in my mind, I have the tools now to go to this book and just read, open at any page, and it's going to remind me. Oh wait, no, that that's just you, you, you're, you're thinking. You know, you're, that's thinking, thinking that's that's um impeccable thinking you know that's not true and it brings me back to who i really am again i'm closer to being that young kid who would run the house naked and jump around singing and and be happy and not be embarrassed or ashamed and it's a great feeling see, granted see, i don't run around the house naked and singing but <laughs> I have too bad, too bad. like you used to he but he he's he's i think talk- everybody's seeking the same but thing of course. and the question is why in america so much that's what I'm because we have. We're, we're, well, part of it is we're not spending our time trying to survive. You know, that, so we have the time to we have the luxury to worry about. Stuff. Yeah, but but he's he's onto something here. Well, that, also, also you got TV, you got movies, you got these ads in America that are saying this is how you should be, and then these people look in the mirror and they're far from what their people, the government or the uh, ad people are saying you should be. And they're going, well, I'm just a loser on this and that. But no, no, but everybody's beautiful in their own way. And everybody has a fault in their own way. And we can all, I have a, a friend of mine, a singer friend, whose both his parents were heroin addicts and, uh, you know, uh, cocaine addicts and everything. He has never done a drink or a drug in his life. Because when he was growing up, he said, I don't want to be like this. But that's a one in a million case. Right. If you grow up around people that are, are, are abusive verbally or physically or doing things that, that are, are, you know, just downright, you know, not cool or, or, or nasty or dirty. Drugs are nasty and dirty. Alcohol is nasty and dirty. You're going to be that person. Well, let's but, talk but, about, but let's on. talk you about are his who you hang out I, I do. I want to get into and it. But growing and, and up, your mind a podcast is so with young too, right? and takes in so much info, but, you but know? But what, what Steve is talking about is something that is really not, he's talking about sort of a cognitive behavioral therapy is what he was mm-hmm. talking about. And what, what really, we don't have sort of manuals that are personally adjustable. You know what I mean? We have the big book, or we have, in Steve's case, he has the four agreements, or we have well, the uh, supposed to help Bhagavad Gita, right. we have somebody's the Bible. Somebody's supposed to teach you and help we, you understand it. But he, Well, that's right, but not right. everyone has access to that. And and so, yes, CBT done properly is with a therapist and an empathic attunement that's applied for a perfect, you know, for that person. And guess what? It works. But the average person can't do that. I'm beginning to wonder if there is manuals we could create that sort of are, you can personalize them. You know, mm-hmm. much the way this well, I think that human. I think the four agreements is it's for each and individual. It goes for everybody. Like the big day, the first ever read in my life. I on a Hardy Boys mystery when I was about twelve, and I never finished it. But the big book <laughs> I read, and it was in a way, but it was boring as fuck, <laughs> and it was so long. The yeah. stories I understand. You're breaking up a little oh, bit, Stephen. Hang on, you're, Let's, you're breaking up. Can we maybe reconnect with Stephen? Yeah, I'm going to call him back. Okay. Hold on, we're meantime we're talking back. to Tom. So, so because I'm interested so you in your space, <laughs> I think I think the world where you live. Yeah, I first tell us where's the pod of, and where we find it. 
So Impact Theory, you can find uh, the easiest ways to go to iTunes and Stitcher, Impact Theory, um, right there. You can also go to YouTube. It's actually a video podcast, um, and we're really excited. At the end of this interview, uh, Dr. Drew is going to agree to be on that show. It's going to be amazing. Okay. Right. <laughs> I'm well, totally twisting his arm here. I saw you on the other one on, uh, what's his name, the other empowerment one. Guy used to be a football player, I think. What's his name? I, uh, I saw you were just on. Oh, the Impact Sports thing. No, Which one? No, no, no. Oh, Michael Strand was on my podcast. No, it wasn't Michael Strand. It, it was. Oh God damn it! You were on. No, we're you were on his. I, I, anyway, yeah, so I've had the great fortune so, but, of going on a so, lot of great podcasts. Just so you know, what I've been doing with the last ten years really is Silicon Valley are the new rock stars. There are no rock stars oh, anymore. Dude, Music is over, and. And I deal with more clients from up there that really believe after they made their 40 mil or whatever, their idea got bought by somebody, that their life is over because they've been in their bedroom writing software, trying to figure stuff out. And by the time they're 28, they're kind of obsolete. Are they going to go? Here's what I found. And they they end up on drugs just like every other rock star. (laughs) It's weird. What I have found is that they, they do their thing, they have their road to liquidity, whatever it is, and they go, they look around and they go, now what? Yeah. Now I want to do something. And I've had them approach me many times and I'll go, well, first of all, I, I get jealous. I go, you assholes. <laughs> <laughs> and then I go, then I think to myself, I thought, man, I got that piece pretty wired so I, I can always make a difference. And I thought, well, what is that? I started thinking a lot about that. And Aristotle had a whole thing about this and he said you needed you needed to have a certain amount of phenomena in your toolkit as you said in order to meaningfully flourish and make a difference you need to have a certain amount of wisdom he called that uh, phronesis and that through experience secondly you needed skill he called that techne and then obviously the desire and the structure and the, and the discipline. Motivation. But they don't, they don't have a set of skills and wisdom that really make a difference for people. They, yeah. If they really want to do it, they should go back into training and train in some sort of Did skill you set. You me the chills. And I hope people are listening to you because that, that's the missing piece, right? So yeah. to Stephen's point, like, or to your point about what Stephen was saying, the world is going to change and the individualized book is social media, right? So yeah. now the next wave of social media, I think, is going to be people that realize they have the skill set, they've already put in the time, they've been an entrepreneur, they've been a doctor, they've been whatever for 15, 20, 30 years, and now they're coming to the table with the ability to reach a global audience. Yeah. And now that global audience is going to self-select. So there are people that follow me socially because of what I represent and the way that I approach the world. There's people that follow you or they follow Gary Vaynerchuk or whatever flavor it is that resonates with them. And as more and more people begin to realize that it's not about having the biggest audience in the world, it's about having a really targeted audience for whom you are the personalized manual. So I think that's going to get really interesting. Ooh, but that's interesting. what you were saying about um, people really having to get the skills, like social media is now becoming a distraction. And people yeah. think my goal is to get famous, right? Which is, it's an innate human driver. And it's an innate human driver. The most famous girl from, from uh, the thing before Facebook just died today, you know. From MySpace? Yeah. The MySpace oh, girl died she, today. The drugs or? Yeah. Oh, great. Wow. A liver failure. Okay, we got to take a little break. We're going to bring Stephen back. We're going to keep this conversation going. I just got to take a quick break. Be right back. Now, a couple of months ago, I was in my medical office, and I noticed some samples of a rehydration solution called Hydrolyte. Just so happens, I was about to undergo a colonoscopy, a routine medical procedure, and I was going to get dehydrated if I didn't be careful. And I thought, well, this stuff will be perfect. It's exactly what I need. I was absolutely impressed. The results were precisely what I was looking for. And not only did that rehydration solution get me through the procedure without becoming dehydrated, they have another product, these fizzy tablets that give you the same rehydration solution just in a little portable tablet. You just obviously add it to water. And that was something I always wanted to invent. I did not understand why we did not have an oral solution that you could hold in your pocket in the form of a tablet that would help us, say you had some vomiting or some other GI distress, it seemed perfectly sensible to me that you could put a little fizzy tablet in and have the rehydrating solution right there in your hand, and they created this. That's why I'm excited about Hydrolyte, and we're welcoming them to the family. It's rapid, effective recovery from dehydration, requires proper balance of sodium, glucose, and water. So if you're sick, you've been vomiting or maybe heavy perspiration, even from exercise, 
Water does not cut it. You need what's called fluid. Sports drinks are far less effective and are not balanced for the rehydration for maintaining your body volume. Simply, Hydrolyte's formulation is based on established science. It is the best rehydration product I've seen or tried. They dominate in other countries, and they're no doubt going to dominate here. You won't need IVs if you're tolerating orals. You can use Hydrolyte. Comes in flavors, orange berry lemonade, available, as I said, in that pre-mixed drink or a powder or the effervescence tablets that I was mentioning before. Simply drop it into a glass or a bottle of water and boom. Compared to sports drinks, Hydrolyte delivers up to four times the electrolytes with 75% less sugar. That's what you need. You need volume quickly. Hydrolyte solutions are appropriate for all ages, and each bottle or package includes easy-to-follow dosing instructions. You can find Hydrolyte at Rite Aid or online at Amazon. And for more information, visit Hydrolyte.com. That is H-Y-D-R-A-L-Y-T-E, Hydrolyte.com. We're back, and so you were saying that – so you. yeah, really targeted it, social media. That and for people now that could end up being somebody that really has something to offer the world, if they they have to stop focusing on getting famous, they have to stop thinking about trying to get followers, which is naturally to look at what's working and give more of that instead of actually developing the skill set that you were talking about. That Aristotle, I mean, how long ago was that? Yeah. You know, thousands of years ago, yeah. already putting his finger on. If you really want to be a help to somebody, get good at something. Yeah. And what I'm always telling people, the surest path to success is to become capable of doing something extraordinary. But but there there's a there's a missing piece here and you're sort of tilting at it when you talk about the social media component which is that a lot of these people that Bob and I were just describing had done something extraordinary mm. but it's they after that. but they miss the piece of being able to make a difference for people. Like like there is something about giving to another human being and in their mind it's like they think well I'll go serve soup at a soup kitchen or right. I'll donate my money. That's good, but that's not the same as having a skill Mentoring that changes the, the direction of somebody's right. life. Yeah, and that's what they're kind of looking for. That's what Mentoring it, and modeling. But, they, but they won't go back and do the, the reason, training for that. But the reason, why, the reason why I compare the music uh, environment to the Silicon Valley environment is very competitive. They're very, there's not a lot of friendships. like pretty cut, mm. cutthroat, right? So you're not really sharing or or it's not a very it's a very competitive area right right? music was very competitive it was about songs and sales right so so there wasn't a lot of ability to work with other people there's just like Mm -hmm. i got my thing i got to get nap i got to do it i got to make it and one in a hundred hits and then but they they do they get on teams together and the teams have a certain would, would flow together just the way you would uh, performing in a band, right? Yeah, but is I'm that, talking about yeah, with peers on a larger a scale. We're talking about a band, Stephen. <laughs> you, you know You're something about, about that. You got to be in a band and get a great band. You have to play with everybody you can until you find the right people that you can work with perfectly. We were just saying I that. I played with so many people before, you know, the GNR thing happened. So I mean, I'd be in one band one day, the next day I'd be in another, next week I'd be in another. I, I in fact it was probably one of the most fun experiences I've had in my life was being able to live at different people's you know studios and jam with all these different people. So we do you, Stephen, you were going to tell us about your new idea, this one eighty plan. Does work okay? Well, if I, if I'm mistaken or you're disagreeing any any at any time, please step in and say. Okay, rehabs are the biggest waste of time and the biggest failure <laughs> if, unless unless you are the owner of the rehab. Sit <laughs> here, you're, you're doing great. Okay, for starters, you go, I want to open a, not a rehab, but a 180 retreat where you go there and the first thing you do, because the most dangerous thing is an addict, detoxing and being awake thinking that is the most dangerous thing in rehabs they will not knock you out <laughs> they Here, don't anymore depending he's correct how, on that how he's serious correct. of addiction you have I mean when it, this is for for everything wait a minute Stephen I want to I want to stop you right there remember how we used to get knocked out unconscious at Exodus Rehab in Marine Del Rey no I don't remember that those bastards <laughs> 
There was but I do have a couple of good stories. I'll tell you why they don't knock you out anymore. I'll tell you why they don't knock you out anymore. Because they're not in hospitals where there's medical professionals to monitor well, you. Right, okay, and, and, you know, and, I, and I have never met maybe the only, only nurses or, or, or um, rehab people that I've ever met that are really serious and dedicated and, not, and don't just go to the job just so they can get a paycheck, you know, put their eight hours in and get the hell out and get paid, were the people that you had on your show, uh, Lori. Louisha. Uh, uh, so uh, Shelly, uh, Shelly, Louisa, Sa- Sasha, Louisa, Shelly. These are Louisa, yeah. Shelly. Um, Real deal. Uh, and what was the guy's name? Don, Dan. That no, who Which was one? You know the big guy. Oh, oh, oh uh, Will. Will. <laughs> Will. Oh my God! See, those are people who didn't just wake up and go, "Oh crap, I gotta go to work." No, they're, they were there. Eight hours are over. Good, yeah. I get to go home. It's and a, then it, they end up having a beer. Well, you know, you know why that's so rare? It's because. I've told people this many times. Rehab is a terrible business done properly, and the only way you can do it properly is you have to staff with people who are who for whom it's a calling, aren't trying to make a living because you're not going to, and that's it. That's the only way you can do it properly. Otherwise, that, that it's a terrible business. But the thing is, the reason, and I did a study of over a hundred people around the world when I would go on tour, and this this was before I got off the alcohol, because I've been off the, the hard drugs since, what, 2009 when we did the, uh, when you got me arrested? <laughs> well, you didn't get me arrested, but when that girl got me arrested, that's, that's, that's when I stopped. I did it one time, like a year after, but that was it. Good. And um, the alcohol was the hard part. But the thing is, you got to go in and be knocked out. For and, and and you have to clean your body out, and you're you're sleeping, but now we are knocked out where you're just gone. You have to be able to dream at least, but you have to be be fed the right medication, the right you know nutrients, the water. Every every addict and alcoholic is majorly dehydrated, so it would be a process of them just sleeping, and getting all this shit out of their system, and then once they come to, we wake them up. Then we give them medication, but not the strong medication because they're not going to need it for their body because their body's going to be fine because all this shit, all the nicotine, the alcohol, drugs will be out. But it's the mind. What would you that think? Has to be what fixed. would you think, Stephen, if all detox units had you detox from nicotine, nicotine at the same time? I know, but it doesn't work. What do they tell you? And Bob, if I'm mistaken, you say so. Don't worry about quit smoking. One thing at a time. Yeah, that yeah. well, that's the standard that's, model. But okay, now, they don't now give a shit. They want you to fucking smoke. We have to <laughs> see. That's my problem. Is I All still right. smoke, and I'm working on it. Here. But I, you need to be out so everything is clean on your so okay so after after the detox what do they go so so i think we it it would be a retreat where you go everything you lived your life on the outside before you came into the program through the retreat is you we start doing the opposite okay because everything you were doing obviously wasn't working so now we have to train the person like a baby learns to train himself to walk First he gets up, and then he falls down. But what does he do? He picks himself back up. He takes one little step, he falls, he picks himself up. Okay? So that's how we have to do the start. So the 180 the idea is the contrary action. Right. That's so, why it's a 180 retreat. Okay. It's so, not so a rehab. I, I also like the idea. I also like the idea of mixing in other people that want a major change of behavior or motivation or sort of or looking at, we'll have to sit down and ch- people talk have, with them people have been this. doing that no people have been doing that in montana there's a place right it has people. addicts and regular people yeah. seeking truth seeking change the addicts suck all the energy out because they're such you know yeah. they the the normal people are like ah, i don't know about yeah, this yeah 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 oh, that makes sense addicts are a particular breed if you haven't noticed how many addicts do you well, know? Dude, the 12 agreements. When you go into rehab, they give you these 12 steps, these 12 agreements. 12? I don't even want to hear the number 12 when I'm detoxing. Okay? I don't even want to hear anybody talking to me. I want to be sleeping he, he's making, and resting and healing. He's making, I can't be up thinking. Okay. And that's how all I thought. Steve, Bob and I are going to get on the phone with you and really you know, sort of uh, – 
walk through this a little more in detail when we're not on a podcast. But we appreciate hearing your I voice, get man. One eighty, and uh, we will get back with you. Thank you for everything. Thank you for the four agreements. I loved reading it, and uh, I love your mom. You. Your mom I was inc- you know, we can help some people. Your mom was That's incredible. That's the idea, not to make a paycheck. But to help people. Yeah. Well, this is what we were just talking about. This is mm-hmm. where people find meaning. This is why the later stages of recovery, people have to do that in order right. to stay in recovery. All right, Stephen. See you later, buddy. All right. Okay. One, 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 one last thing. Also with rehabs, if you go <laughs> doesn't in there like rehab. and a half hour later you decide to leave, you do not get your money back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. come on. They are rip-offs. <laughs> a lot of them are. He's right. A lot of them are. I love you guys. Have a great weekend. <laughs> I'll see you, man. All right, buddy. Take care. So he's not the last, first person that's felt like that. They all yeah. come to me. And the idea is some people, he's probably spent $800,000 on rehab. Whoa. Oh, yeah. I've had clients who spent oh, yeah. over a million dollars on rehab. And, and, they, and, and they, wow. they, they will now, they look back and they go, I wasn't going to do anything until I was ready. <laughs> right. So why do people waste all that time? And money, and now I'm ready, and now it's I go do it. Mm. It's so one of the interesting things that I study is how to get somebody ready. How do you right. get to that point where they the, they have a moment of change, and that's a mystical thing in a certain way. I I happen to believe again it's about other people influencing you, so you can start to see yourself mm. as you really are. But that's more complicated. I story. have a, I have an idea why it got worse over a twenty thirty year period of time is because the society became more codependent. Mm. So. So you had people going to treatment repeatedly. I went twenty four times. Wow! There wasn't there wasn't but like three or four times I well, really let, thought I needed but let's, to go. Let's, wow. Well, right That's now it takes an average of five treatments to get one year of sobriety. That's average. Really? That's statistically, wow. yeah, yeah. So, what do you think is fundamentally broken then about the system if it takes that many times? <sighs> it's a hard we, habit we, to break. We can't. Yeah, we can't make people want to change. So then is it, um, this is going to sound terrible, but yeah. like, so I like to play the game, no BS, what would it take? Yeah. So no BS, what would it take for somebody to go into rehab once and be done? Does that mean we filter them when out? They so when that they go when they're ready. Yeah, they right? do. So they a don't third of in. people, watch this, a third of the people that go to treatment only go one time and they get it right away. Is anybody no, able to predict? That's what it used that's, to be. That's, that's that, the number. That, I mean, 1% if, now. If I let you spend no, an no, hour no, with them, yeah. no, would Drew. you be able to predict who's going to actually no, succeed no totally blind. that's that's the one thing i i'm always wow. amazed at that and you know people i used to kick out of treatment you know for complete non-compliance they would come up to me you know three years later and go you know i wasn't ready to hear what you were saying but you kicking me out got through to me still wasn't ready but i've started right. thinking about that and it, it led to their recovery but wow. samsa but, had the third the third third idea the third first third was people in their late 40s mature responsible what the minnesota model is designed for they would get one treatment and somehow well, let turn me, their let life me around. answer tom's question no bs what would it take lock them in a room for a year okay and have regular visits with some empathic attuned mm. individual and slowly let them out like what like what steve was just saying let them like a baby learn how to navigate in the world again slowly but their brain changes so much in that year that if you could just incarcerate them for a year, right. it would make a huge difference. But they now, would have such resentment towards the incarceration, I don't think it would work. Th- that's exactly, that's <laughs> a, it's an important point because it didn't come from within. The ability, uh, plenty of people stay in actual prison right. and don't use, some do, um, and get out and use first thing when they get out. All right. So it's not exclusively that. Yeah. So when we were first talking about founding Quest, I was asking the question, my sister was clinically depressed. What would it take to make her happy? No BS. That was that was the actual question. Wow. And so I'm sitting there thinking, okay, she's morbidly obese. But by the way, not depressed is not necessarily happy. Yeah. It's another thing, too. Interesting. Are, are, you know, less miserable is not necessarily happy. Right. Yeah, this, exactly. This, go ahead. But go so, ahead. And wanted to get all the way to happy, yeah. right? So... Um, started looking at it, knowing that she's got a negative self body image, and that's reinforcing the you know the emotional distress. And then she eats to soothe it, which does work because, like any good drug, it mm-hmm. delivers the the momentary hit. And so that made her get heavier, which just reinforced the cycle. So she's in this negative cycle. So how do we reverse that? How do we get her going in the opposite direction? And the answer was, I'm going to kidnap her. I'm going to disguise myself because I don't want her to resent me. I'm going to take her out to international waters because I don't want to go to jail for you know imprisoning Kidnapping. her against mm-hmm. her will. And for a year, we're going to feed her chicken breast and broccoli. At the end of that year, I promise you, she's lean. Like it's just a fact yeah. of biology. Yeah. Like there's yeah. no two ways about it. Yeah. So she could think fat thoughts all day long, and yeah. she is still going to get lean. And then let her back out. And then we thought, well, that would be a total failure because she'd be so angry that this had been done against her will that without some mental component, 
that the transformation just we're, wouldn't be We're complete. saying the exact same thing. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. So I bring all this up because our answer ended up being, and this gets weird when you start talking about drugs, but our answer ended up being make food that she could choose based on taste so I could leverage behavior instead of trying to change it that happened to be good for her. So maybe it's finding meaning, right? That you can help people find meaning so that they get that chemical rush. Because part of what you were saying with Silicon Valley, the big problem is when you make all that money, like as somebody who went from literally scrounging in my couch cushions to find enough change to put gas in my car to being a multimillionaire many times over, you realize that money doesn't change how you feel about yourself. You can't even touch it. So it's like it empowers you to do stuff and it is really cool. And don't get me wrong, money is powerful. It's as powerful as you think, but it's totally different. So people that are listening to this, if they haven't had that kind of success, the People will always chase money because they can see that money is real. Money is real, right? It'll pay your rent. It'll get you food. Like It'll get a lot of things for you. And people know that. They know that it has power. But what they think is that it's going to make them feel about themselves the way they feel about people that they see that are wealthy, and it won't. Mm. And because that doesn't happen, and then they get the money, and they've sold the company, and now they don't have employees staring at them, telling them how amazing they are. They don't have the world giving them feedback. Wow, that's a component I forgot. There you go, right there. So, I mean, even think about that, right? The first words out of your mouth about me were the protein bar, but I don't identify as a protein bar, right? Like, that's not me. That's just a product. So, once you don't have that anymore, there becomes this huge vacuum in your life. And so, if you don't have, and so I think people are motivated by five things. Money is one of them, but it's usually super low on the list. Autonomy is another, a desire for mastery. What's autonomy? Like freedom? Not wanting to be a puppet, right? Freedom. So, freedom is Yeah, freedom might be a little far. Not wanting to work in a cubicle. Yeah, like you want to be self-directed. Okay, yeah. You want to direct your own life. Got it. Then you've got mastery, so you want to get good at things, mm-hmm. right? And anybody, I think that's just innate in humans. You want to explore an environment and then gain dominion over it, right? So gaining mastery, getting good. I'm, I'm not a lot. Of, I'm not sure a lot of people in this country really understand how important that is because they never experience it. Yeah. And once you experience it, you're like, oh, this is. Here's know, another interesting so like, thing. I always tell I my have... kids, I keep, I say, I keep telling them, be an expert in something, yeah. because once you do that, it, you'll understand what that is and feels like. 100%. And it, that changes a lot of other things, how you approach a lot but of other But the other stuff. thing that's going on is this it used to be in America, you had one job, you worked 35 years, you got a gold watch. And everybody's so anxious now that we don't have that system anymore. There's no security. At 40 years old, you're still looking for a new career. Why don't we see it as opportunity to experience I think millennials different... Do. I think millennials okay. do. I think they sort Well, of I know my peers do it's not. It's one of their big strengths. I think millennials <laughs> yeah. see My that peers as... do not. And so when they... They get early retirement at 51 or something. They think they're, you know, oh, my God. Rather than see like I did at 39, I think, God, now what am I going to do? You know what I mean? How do you get people to believe in, God, now what do I get to do? Well, there's some really fascinating studies um, which remind me Broadway, code, code word Broadway, so that I don't forget. But the, So the remaining two things that I think really drive people are purpose and significance. You've already talked about significance, so we don't have to what dwell on it. What about learning? Where does learn? I like mastery. learning shit. Gaining, okay. gaining mastery okay. really, really goes to that. So to Stephen's point, to your point about, um, you know, like, being unnerved by all the movement. And Stephen was saying, actually, the best part of my life was when I was going from band to band to band. He was talking specifically about connecting with new people. But if you think about it as if he were moving really from genre to genre to genre and really gaining this really broad understanding of music and all along the way collecting musicians, then you get into a really cool thing. Now, they did a study on Broadway and they said, what um, group of talent makes the best Broadway show? And what they found was you had to have a mix of people who had worked together before and people that they had never worked with. Because if you get only people that have worked together, they stagnate. They don't have any new ideas. There's nobody the, challenging them. The Los them. Angeles Clippers. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Did they lose last night? I went last <laughs> night. <laughs> but if you have too many new people, there's no chemistry. And so you don't, yeah, yeah. you don't get the shorthand, the, the trust and things that you get with people that have worked together. So... Millennials, I think, to Dr. Drew, to your point, millennials have grown up in that environment where they understand that the fastest way to get a pay raise is to move to a new company. And so as an employer, like that's really freaky, right? Because you want the continuity. You want people there for a long time, but you can't afford to give people twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 bumps every 18 months. Yeah. So you know that that becomes an inherent part. So companies, like one of the things we did at Quest was bake that into the culture. So one of the parts of our 25 bullet point belief system was be here for the exact number of days that it's the most selfish thing that you could do. 
So, and then we would have check-ins like, what do you want? Where are you trying to go? How can we help you get there? Because I'd rather have you for my 12 or 18 months and you be totally in, mm. totally like committed to this, com- this company, dedicating yourself because it's selfish, right? That you know the more that you're either gaining mastery or flexing your muscle, learning to get great at something, you're doing it within our ecosystem and helping us get better. And I know... Yeah, exactly. And I know that you're building that skill set because you'll become more marketable to somebody else. But once you get comfortable with that rotation and you're not asking employees to hide it, mm-hmm. it can become really powerful. Autonomy, purpose, mastery. Uh, you said, let's see, money was one that you missed and then significance. Significance. What's significance? What does that mean? So people want to matter. They want to know that what they do well, actually millennials has definitely want to matter. I think we all do. And I think that, you know, so I'm not a millennial. And for me, significance is the reason that I won't end up chasing the drug path or anything. Um, you know, leaving Quest, because uh, I'm not there in a full-time uh, role anymore. I'm a founder role now. When I founded my new company, I went from 1,400 employees, you know, a company that's valued over a billion dollars to seven people and like 7,000 social followers. And that was it. Like that was my life. And it, it so scaled back, but I had never been more alive from the perspective of significance because I knew what I was trying to accomplish. I knew who I was trying to help. The part I was trying to think of was the school of greatness. Yeah. That's with Lewis House. Lewis. Yeah. Um, but, but I, I'm not, I don't think I see what impact theory is yet. I think you need to keep talking. So we, so, so imp- if I don't see it, the listeners aren't seeing it. So Definitely. Yeah. So impact theory is us trying to incubate companies and incubate content creators. And who's yeah. us? Us is there's seven of us. So uh, my you, wife and I you? co-founded it. Um, I'm the CEO of the company, and um, w- what we're like doing, Idea Lab kind of thing. That's- yeah, sort of. We're trying to do it in a much more um, today way, yeah. social millennial driven, where right. we're going to use technology to identify ideas, entrepreneurs, and pieces of content that that go viral. Um, within our own ecosystem and then actually make that. So on the content side, our goal is to be bigger than Disney in 50 years. Obviously we need a very long timeline, but that'll give people an understanding. And I mean, Disney, what they're doing now. So Disney is a fascinating example because you had, they hold, bought the, maker. Hold, hold the they thought bought maker. Right? I got to take Hang on. Just about everybody. I got to, <laughs> I got to take a little break. You're going to tell me about Disney, but first this break. You know, I'm always happy to talk to you about our friends at Bergamot. They're the makers of a variety of supplements that use the extract from the Bergamot citrus fruit, those polyphenols. That fruit is in Italy. These supplements act as a natural statin that may improve a number of cardiovascular conditions as well as symptoms of the metabolic syndrome, which includes high blood pressure, high cholesterol, high blood sugar. As you know, I've been excited about the natural treatment since I first heard about it. I'm getting behind it. The science behind it is sound, and physicians throughout the world and cardiologists are actually using it. Now, the makers that brought you the formulation Bergamet NA, Bergamet Pro Plus, now bringing you Bergamet Sport. It provides all the same cardiovascular benefits, but has additional additives designed to aid athletes and those with a very, very active lifestyle. Bergamet Sport may help improve stamina and reduce recovery time and reduce muscle inflammation. Now, I've been taking Bergamet myself, and I suggest you talk to your physician to see if Bergamet Sport is right for you. And for a limited time, our listeners can save 10% on their order by entering the code Dr. Drew, D-R-D-R-E-W, at checkout. Again, that is D-R-D-R-E-W, all one word, at checkout, and you save 10% on your order of Bergamot. To order the Bergamot Sport for yourself, visit Bergamot.com, Bergamot, N-A, Bergamot, B-E-R-G-A-M-E-T.com, or click on the Bergamot banner on drdrew.com. Right, we're back, and also, uh, Stephen forgot to mention, uh, I want to be sure to... Uh, call out uh, something he's performing at. He's performing there, right? Yeah. Okay, it's the fifth annual Rock Against Multiple Sclerosis. We should go to this. Uh, it's in honor of Richard Pryor. I, I think I've told you what a Pryor fan I am. Yeah. I, I think the guy's a... We all are. I think he's a poet. I think I think his stuff will stand not just co- comedy, but as, as like Homeric sort of poetry. I really believe that. When you hear it now, I just it just... It, it's grows. You know? Anyway, uh, Nancy Wilson of Heart, of course, is the headliner. Uh, comedian Bill Burr, Craig Gass are the hosts. I mean, yeah. Burr is so funny. Where is it at? I got the email. And uh, Allison Chains. Uh, we'll money goes the to the Rock Against MS Foundation to help people. And, of course, I think people are aware that Pryor died of uh, MS. Uh, building resource centers across the nation for uh, MS patients. A uh, great place to get them holistic healing therapy and other treatment modalities. But where so, is the concert at? I, uh, we'll post it on the website. We'll post it on the website. We should go, right? Yeah, it's somewhere yeah. here. I'll figure it out. But let's get – so – so wait. Disney. 
Yeah, so Disney is doing something that I think is really incredible. They're buying up all the culturally relevant uh, intellectual property. And the reason that's important to me, so they bought up Pixar, they bought up Marvel Studios, Star Wars, um, just, I mean, they're, they're going after everything. What do you think their philosophy is? What are they thinking? Well, so their philosophy is very clear. Uh, Bob Iger and everybody at Disney understands that merchandising at the end of the day is really what the game is. And so they buy properties that can be merchandised and can be franchised. But it, it feels like there's a philosophy lurking behind that even, I don't know, maybe they haven't articulated it, but somehow, it, to me, it's all Mickey Mouse. It, it's all this these these clear, sustainable brands that are sort of iconic. Yeah, I was, right? I was at my I, son's school yesterday, and he was in chess class, and I got there early, and I was what, looking at all the backpacks, mm-hmm. all Star Wars, Pokemon, and Disney. And I thought, they own everything but Pokemon. <laughs> you know well, they'll go get it. Yeah. They're going after Pokemon. It's interesting, what? You know yeah. So I, I, I don't think there's um, any anything really beyond Just what merchandise. What could be merchandise? Yeah, but now, now let's elevate that. Let's yeah. elevate merchandising into the one form that allows ideology to echo. So. I read a book called The Power of Myth by Joseph Campbell. It oh, changed yeah. my life. Oh, me too. Like, truly. Me too. So, okay, I'll share a story with you then. Um, I was, whatever, uh, 25, about to get married, read this book, and he talks about how the problem in society, and this is why I created Impact Theory, the problem in society is that people know that the myths aren't real. They know that Star Wars is a made-up story. They know The Matrix is a made-up story. And so they don't read the um, universal sort of human condition truths, truths yeah. in them as being something you should take into your own life. So, so I, 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 it's funny. I had a more primitive experience of, Bill, of Campbell. I thought he was just saying myths don't exist the way they used to. No, he said that because yeah. people they pressed him and said, well, what's a, a relevant myth today? And he said, Star Wars. And, but the problem is that people know it's not real. And so he said, what happens to a world when people don't believe in the mythology? Not that there isn't any, but that they don't believe in it. And he said, the problem becomes that rituals are not imbued with anything anymore. So you go through these rituals. They don't have the kind of impact that they used to have because people aren't... Rites of take- passages? Exactly. Because they're different. Well, he calls it ritual, yeah. but rites of passage yeah. for sure is a huge part of that. Yeah. So, And one of the ones that he talks about is marriage, which is how yeah. it ended up changing my life very specifically. So he said, you know, when you get married now, sort of it's all watered down. People don't necessarily believe in the religious ceremony from being a literal thing. And so there's really no difference between who they were the day before and the day after they get married. And so I thought, okay, then I'm going to do so. I'm going to go through ritualistic scarification, something that's painful, to remind me that I'm a different person the day before I get married and the day after. So the one tattoo that I have is that. It's a tattoo I designed. That's my commitment to my wife. And I had it put onto my skin. And I, I guess I felt different uh, at the altar. I felt changed in that moment, I had a oh, Susan's dancing. I wish people could see your wife right now. <laughs> no, I did, uh, and and, uh, and and the same. And I rem- and I have a vivid experience. I spoke a couple times at medical schools and doing their you know their whatever uh, their graduation speeches. And uh, and I remember one time this old timer came up to me and he goes, you know, he and he he was giving out many different kinds of degrees that day, and he goes, you know, this is the one degree MD that really after I hand it to them. They're different. Mm-hmm. They have different sets of privileges. They can touch people in different ways. They can do, write prescription. You know, they can do all these things that they could not do the second before I hand them that that diploma. And it, it's interesting. We have very yeah. few things like that anymore. That mm-hmm. cha- you know, cha- I guess priesthoods or something. I, I don't know. That really changes. And it, it was. And it's an interesting thing. There's an, a big emotional piece to it, right? Did you mm-hmm. feel it when you were doing it? I I did during my wedding day because yeah. I built up. To we, really look at it as a transition, you, which is good. I mean, that's the point. Are, are we? Do we need to do more of that in our rituals? I think and so. And, and so that for me, that is impact theory, right? I want people. They're never going to believe in it again. They're never going to believe that Star Wars is real, right. right? And they shouldn't. Right. But they should be able to take it seriously, and they should be able to believe in, in the, the mythology. Force. They as, should be able to believe in the force. Well, exactly. uh, and the, transformation. And really so right. here's. Let's just do a test. To me, the force is love. What? Do, what's the force to you? What what does it represent to you? The ability to gain mastery of your own mind. Okay, what does the force mean to you? I have a more mystical sort of. I think love is a big part of it. Uh, God, I guess. There you go. Yeah. So that so I love this stuff, right? Because I think I deal in the in the drug addict's journey, right? Mm. It's the hero's journey. It's the prodigal son. I try to tell them this for decades, and they just have a blank look on their face. I said, do you know how important it is? It's not just about you. It's about us. It's about existence itself. 
We're the prodigal son. We're the hero's journey. Now you're going to be able to help people like Stephen is. And it gives me chills because I do see things from what I learned from Joseph Campbell. And it's not respected. You're exactly right. It's devalued. The prodigal son, everybody laughs at it. Yeah, I, I no, I agree with you, and I'm just sitting here thinking uh, the 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 biggest barrier, and just look at Stephen as case one. Even the biggest barrier to getting people to really develop is is do the work. You know what I mean? They don't do the work unless it's self motivated. There's a there's, unless yeah, they're reinforced for it. Unless there's, there's not a lot happened. of mastery for it, sure. It, it's it's really hard. It's it's uh, and I, I for some reason I'm having kind of a personal experience. When I read Joseph Campbell and watched his lectures and stuff, that just started my process. Mm. I, then I started reading anthropology, and then I started reading philosophy, and then I started reading the relationship and psychology and attachment. Right. Blah, blah, blah. It's a it took years, yeah, <laughs> it took yeah. years to really figure this shit out. And and I'm not sure. And on the other hand, Stephen found it in a little book. You know, I'm, I'm a little but confused. I think he found I, you're confused about I'm, impact I'm confused. theory specifically. No, or? no, I get what impact theory is. I'm confused by what the answer is. Yeah, and, and I, what I we're think, all trying to do. We're all trying to do the right. same thing here, right? And I think when when you accept that the human mind is the most complicated thing in the universe, yeah. that's when it's like, okay, then I don't expect mastery to come easily. I don't expect the answers to be entirely clear. And when you also just begin to dig into the mind and the way that it processes data, and most of it's processed below the level of consciousness. Oh, yeah. So now it's like, well, how do you use this very thin layer of of the neocortex, your conscious mind, to actually get a grasp on what's being processed beneath that that's driving your decision-making, giving you a false sense that you're in control, but they can actually predict and influence your behavior without you even knowing it. Yeah, and that's so. all here. That's all in the, that, to me, that's all in the intersubjective interpersonal space. Right. The, the collective piece is how you come to that, understand that, see that, shape that. It, it doesn't happen by itself. Well, where no we question. come from, you're, you're, th- you're taught that you are your feelings in this society. Mm. And what we teach is where those feelings are coming from, right? And that if you correct that, you won't have so many negative responses to the world around you or the need to sate them with drugs. 100%. Right? And that, it's a fascinating area, but I, I, I really like the idea that we've given up our myths because we think they're fake mm. i think i'm catholic and there's a ritual of the host you know uh, communion mm-hmm. i'm gonna give there's you a ritual communion many, we're gonna yeah. have not many people right not now. many people see what it really means mm, totally you know what they're i mean good. they're really good thank you I think I had the cookies and cream always, many times. I always steal them when I'm at this friend of mine's <laughs> office that has them. I like your friend I think already. Like four of them. Did you do a lot of taste testing on that before you? We did it? an insane Cause amount because I'm telling you that is reflected in the product because it's like you. oh my god. Yeah, we, <laughs> Quest has a, a massive R and D department and they are just amazing. Do you amazing, use amazing. stevia. Or what are you using? To um, we use some natural sweeteners, and then we use some um, artificial sweeteners as well. So we use Stevia. Um, How do you say that word? Well, Stevia is yeah. the the. What we had a friend of. that started a cola company with Stevia. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I can't stop eating. That's why we problem. got it for free for a long. <laughs> we got right. it for free for like two years, and he sold the company. We don't get it for free anymore. Yeah, that's how it goes. <laughs> and it's expensive that stuff. Huh? Remember? One more. All right. All right. I'm sure there's a website and social media for impact for Quest. Well, no, for, for, for all of the above. Yeah. Where where should they go? Um, you can go to impacttheory.com. Uh, I'm hyperactive socially, so you can follow me at, at Tom Bilyeu. B I L Y E U. That's yeah. the one. Yeah, that's it. Do you go to this thing up in Utah or wherever? Hang on, the big before you talk big... about that. Oh, the think tank thing in Aspen. Yeah, yeah. Aspen. No. You talking a... about Summit? Yes. I have not been. No. I'm supposed to go there. In Utah? Yeah, I, didn't, I was supposed what to go is last it? year. What is it? I don't really know. I don't know how it? to... Man, I, I've never been to it, so I don't know. Somebody asked me. Was it... I think it was Nicole that was asking me about it. What is I Nicole, what is it? Wait, wait. Get, so get in the mic, Nicole. Go ahead. Oh, sorry you've about never, that. You've never been invited? I've never been invited, it, it, but, it, it, but it, it, clients it, of mine yourself, have. Please, Nicole. Sorry. You. This is Nicole Rodriguez, and uh, I am... Very, very fortunate to be working with Tom as his publicist and um, also Nick Desai with Heal. So I'm very, very 
I, I'm very lucky that uh, the yeah, universe yeah. has attracted such great people for me to work with. So anyway, there have been clients of mine who have been invited to the summit, and it's what I picture is that all of these change makers, um, you know, people who really, really want to impact the world or have had impact, get together and, and talk about how they can do that more, do it together. My fear is it'd be a whole political thing this year. Especially if you were there. I'm going. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but okay, so I also remind people the Rock Against MS we have. Yeah, Summit Series is coming to LA. Oh, wow. Hold on. On November Rock Against no, MS November. is March 25th. It's at the Los Angeles Theater at 7 o'clock. I, I think I'm going to, we should be there. Okay. Uh, Tom, is there anything else we want to dig into before we wrap this thing up? It's, it's really a pleasure to meet you. And it's, it's exciting that we all, you know, we. What are you reading now? What are you focusing on now? Yeah. Um, I just read a book called Disrupt You by Jay Samet. I don't know if you guys have read the book. Really incredible. And it's it's so important right now with change happening as rapidly as it does, especially in technology, yeah. for people to stay on top of it. I don't think genius needs to be a young man's game, which is, of course, the famous quote. I think if you reinvent yourself, one of you guys mentioned that earlier, if you force yourself to reinvent yourself um, you know, with uh, – frequency that you'll be able to take all the things you've learned apply them to this new thing bring a fresh perspective i think you can continue to have that kind of impact and and really bring breakthrough ideas but you have to be willing to get out of your comfort zone so well, he goes the, into that in the that's book. the hope anyways because we got 30 years left we, got, we yeah, can't just you're sit around god's ears that's a long time. i'm not sure i got 30 we got but, 30 drew right. come on i like i like your attitude a lot more and hey if you make it 30 years i promise you in that time you, aging will start happening backwards so with some of the stuff that's happening, oh, now the, the doctor in the crowd is looking at me like I'm crazy. Yeah, oh my no, god, let's, let's do it. I just <laughs> did. I just did. I just did stem cells on Thursday. Nice. Right? And my kind of guy. I'm telling you, Drew. Don't shake your head. No, no not no. You, yeah, I have I, no pain, Bob. They're being administered for anti-inflammatory effects. In your mind, it had some magical, you know, reproduced your body as a whole new person. It's going to eventually. <laughs> I'm with you, Bob. I'm All right, we got We got to wrap this thing up. Uh, right, we thanks. should do a biology one. We should come back and do. Maybe, oh, maybe when I come to do your it. thing, absolutely. Do your, we'll do your. Where do you Where do you record it? In, In Beverly your, Hills. All right, we'll, we'll come. I'll come do it. It'd be awesome. All right, guys. Thank you. We'll, we'll see you next time. Everyone shines deep in the living a one image at a time, it was a night, keeping it tears inside. Easy to feel like we're all alone, staring down the road, all the time.
Keeping the tears inside